comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. You're listening to The Black Box. It's been a long time since you've been on the show. And it's been a real long time, and I'm glad you're back. I'm glad you thought I was fired for a little while. Man, you was never fired. I didn't get a pink slip, so I was all right. Come on, man. How can how can how can I fire somebody that don't get paid? (laughs) I don't get paid either. So you know, talk to you about that. (laughs) I got two quarters and a nickel on my desk. If you want them, you can have them. All right, mail them (laughs) to. Folks been asking about you, and you know, I know you've been busy. And, and stuff like that, you know, and plus you got to hold it down for nothing's on. You know, you got to take care of Daryl, um, you know, because D- Daryl's Daryl. And um, I know I, I know I can. he's listening right now. And I already know what he's saying. Fuck you, Sean. That's what he's probably saying right now. But um, I ain't talking to me about me, Sean. <laughs> but that's OK. Um, but I'm sure. Well, he, I mean, it just, you know, what happened was this. My job gets really busy during the holiday season. Yes. And the way that the holidays landed this year, I I've been at the company I work for for twenty years, dude. Okay, twenty years, and I have never worked this many weekends during a holiday season than I have this year. Mm. In twenty years, I was almost working. It was almost six nights a week, almost every every week. I think I, I've had uh, two full weekends off. From the end of October all the way to January first. That's that's crazy, dude. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I made a lot of money and stuff, but well, not a lot. But <laughs> they made a lot more than I did. But I mean, I you know, I got a lot of overtime and stuff, which was nice. But it was just a mess, dude. Just too tired to do anything. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. Yeah, sure. I can understand that. You got you got to take breaks. You got to take time off for you. You know. I did. I got the flu. No, oh, there you go. So I was able to take three days off in a row. There you go. Did you watch plenty of TV and read plenty of books? Dude, I slept like you wouldn't believe. (laughs) I slept like a narcoleptic drinking NyQuil. (laughs) That'd do it. Yeah, I think I slept one. I'm not even kidding you. I think it was uh, 13 hours I slept in a row one day. Hmm. And then uh, as I got better, though, I did. I started catching up shit on, t- on the DVR and whatnot, reading yeah. some comic books. So speaking of that, you've been reading anything? You know what, man? Uh, you know me. I'm always, like, years behind on my reading. And uh, But what I did do, um, I've slowly taken out, like, little blocks of time for me and, and all, for all the things that, like, I I have to do day in and day out. And I've been just reading random things. It doesn't matter what it is. Um, doesn't matter what year it came from. You know, I'm just reading random, th- random things. Because you sent me a bunch of books, you know. Yes. And, uh, you know, Daryl sent me a bunch of books a while ago. And so, like, you know, I started, you know, reading some books. And then when I was done, I would pass them along to the next person. And uh, what I did was I read um, some of the books that you sent me. I read the uh, movie adaptation of The Last Starfighter. 
I, I knew that would be the first thing you read too. I even said, <laughs> I, I said, this fool loves this book so much that he is going to read this first. Yo, man, I love top it. of the pile. Oh yeah! As soon as I saw it, I was like, ooh! And I was like, yep, this is. I was like, this will go on my when I get free time. This will be read first. And I, put I knew it, it. And I put it on top of the pile, and I loved it. Then I remember a few weeks later, I was like, you know what? I'm going to pull out the book. And then I pulled the Blu-ray out, and I was like trying to match it up page page for movie scene. Number one, I still can't believe you own the Blu-ray. Hey, I love that movie, dude. Hey, you know what? I'm not going to judge. I got Stallone's Cobra on <laughs> Blu-ray, so I ain't going to say nothing. I bought, dude, that shit was $3 on Blu-ray. <laughs> $3. Yo, man, you got to watch that X Gang. Uh, uh, I don't even shop here. <laughs> that movie. Remember Cobra at all? <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Finish your story. That's bad for your health. What? <laughs> Me. <laughs> God, that's such a bad movie. But no, I like I saw, dude. I saw that in the movie theater as a kid. I there you go. Yeah, man, that movie was just batshit insane. But no, um, you know. So, but I read the Last Starfighter, Fighter, and I really enjoyed it. Like when I was younger, I did not like the comic adaptation of it because I, I didn't think I don't think at the time I was ready for like Brett Blevins and um, and I think like Rick Leonardi style artwork at the time mm-hmm. I wasn't ready for it and but now looking at it now I love it because like the lines like the lines are loose and the colors the colors are really good you know r- r- the colors are great I really like I really like the colors used because this is 80s comics this isn't you know they're not using Photoshop you know, some oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, some dude is coloring or some lady is coloring this stuff. And the use of color was great and they stayed as true to the movie adaptation as they could. And and, and I liked it. I, I really enjoyed that. Um I read cause Daryl sent me a bunch of uh like Green Lantern comics. Okay. From which from okay, he sent me stuff like War of the New Fifty Two stuff. No, no, not, not New Fifty Two stuff. This was like before New Fifty Two stuff, like you know, like uh, War of the Green Lanterns. Um, you know, oh okay, the, the, oh, like yeah, yeah, yeah. the Blackest Night, Brightest. That was Day right stuff. before the uh, the relaunch, right? Right, the black the Blackest Night, Brightest Day, oh, and Blackest War- Night. I still say that was one of the best stories. I mean, as a DC guy, mm-hmm. to see all those fucking old characters that died. Could be zombified and come out, just kick, kick some ass. I, that that thing was just that was like comic porn to me. I was fifty fifth, like because I also I reread I reread Blackest Night because when I started reading it when it came out, I got through like the first three or four issues, and right. then like I stayed away from it for a while, and I had the other issues. I never you know, and I I would piecemeal it. I would read a little bit here, a little bit there. But when Daryl sent me all those Green Lantern books, I um. You know, I said, okay, let me let me go back and look through some of this. So, like, I spent like an hour one day, an hour or two, like going through reading some of these books, and uh, pulled out the Blackest Night books again. First half of Blackest Night, a little disturbing, but I, you know, I was like, this is this is, I was like, this is pretty good. Second sure. half, the second half, didn't care for, but with the Green Lantern and stuff, like, I went back after reading like Blackest Night, the Blackest Night stuff, the Brightest Day stuff, and the War of the Green Lantern and stuff. Uh-huh. Like I didn't understand why Jeff Johns thought it was necessary to put um, to put uh, John Stewart in Zubass pants, and um, <laughs> he's still on the, <laughs> you know. Because the thing is, I forgot all about that, and then uh-huh. I read this issue. I'm like, what the fuck is this? It's like everybody else got cool outfits. They got the nice uniforms. No, let's go ahead and put John Stewart in some '90s Zubass. See if we can get an endorsement for him. John John Stewart looked like uh. 
the like a lost GI Joe character from the nineties. Yeah, man, he looked like Colonel Courage's cousin. And I, he, he, it did. That did look sad. It I was, agree. It was awful. And I was just like, I'm, and like, I'm like, you know what? I shouldn't judge a book by by this look. But I was like, I'm done. Plus, he like he destroyed a planet. And I was just like, come on, man, quit throwing all the bullshit on John Stewart. And I was just like, done. But um, I was. John Stewart was the only one that can make that kind of decision. I, he was a marine. Done. <laughs> See, but see, I mean, I don't know, man. I just, I did not care for that. Um, He's the only one that could do it. Somebody else was like, we can't do that, but he knew it was for the greater good. <laughs> Some so John Stewart just blasted that planet in its face. <laughs> killed it oh, oh i know because he's always great at killing planets like, hey let go back to mosaic he killed a whole fucking planet i'm he like sure did and i'm like and it's fucked up it's it's, it's it's fucked up it's like why the brother always got to be responsible for killing shit it's like it's like it's at the movies remember that year that uh we had two meteor movies we had armageddon and we had the other one that paramount did oh, um, uh uh, deep, deep impact. Deep impact. I and didn't see that. I've, I still to this day haven't seen that. Deep movie. impact. An asteroid is coming to to wipe out the Earth, and a black man is president. It's like what y'all trying to say? Y'all trying? What, what y'all trying to tell me? You know, Morgan Freeman. You know, Morgan Freeman was like, now listen, we're going to be okay, and all this other stuff. And here comes the fucking asteroid. And I'm I like, know, I know, Batman. <laughs> yeah, but in order to kind of even understand that all that shit. I had to go back and go look at like the Sinestro Core War. Yeah, yeah, because it's really one continue. Even even the new Fifty Two stuff, it's just one huge continuous story. You know what, man? And and and, and this was my problem. I appreciate Daryl sending me those Green Lantern books, but the sad part of it is, is that if you don't read every issue and every book that connects to it, you're fucking lost. Um, you know what? I would say with Blackest Night. That that was true, um, because that was that was DC's money maker. Then, you know, that was their big crossover because they did mini series, and then they did like two issues of of each. You know, of certain series were just straight up crossovers, and then they even brought back books from the dead. I don't know if you remember that one. Mm-hmm. Like Starman and uh, Yeah, Starman and, and uh Hawkman and Adam for like one issue. And then it was like weird Western tales, I think, too. And uh I mean I enjoyed the shit out of it, but I do understand what you're saying. And then the one greatest thing that came out of Black's Night was uh Len Wein did a, a he wrote a two issue Justice League story because they didn't have a team really. Mm-hmm. And it p- took place at Vegas with the Royal Flush Gang. <laughs> and it was just like this misfitted group of Justice Leaguers. Yeah. Like Plastic Man and Black Canary and Vixen and like, you know what I mean? Like, it was just dope. And it was just like, it was, after everything that was so serious in the DC Universe, and Len Wein comes along and he says, you know what, I'm going to give you Plastic Man in Vegas with the Royal Flush Gang, go. Yeah. And you were like, this is why this is why Len Wein should just write Justice League all the time. <laughs> you know? One good thing that I can say from reading those Green Lantern books, because like if I had to give it a grade based on accessibility, being able to read it and understand everything that's going on without having to uh, go back and get an encyclopedia or Wikipedia, um, it it would get like a 60 out of 100. But the night, the one good thing I got from this is that I got to see the artwork of Patrick Gleason. Yes, sir. Um, from, From Green Lantern Corps. Yep. Um, Patrick Gleason or Pat Gleason is an incredible artist. 
And there were some books, and I don't know what happened. I don't know why why this happened. Maybe it was just a way to get the books out quicker. But there were some books where Gleason had three anchors on them, and they didn't fuck up his art. Yeah, because that's always my biggest concern. It's like when you have three different anchors, normally anchors sure. have different styles, and they they stay true to form. And but like the Pat Gleason Green Lantern core artwork is beautiful. That you know that gives like an extra five percent, so you got like a sixty-five uh, out of a hundred. So it's still like well, depending on where you're at, it's still a D. But um, <laughs> but um, but you know, but no, I'm glad I had the opportunity to read those books. And uh, the last thing I read. I finally read uh, Paul Jenkins' sidekick that he did for uh, Image. Well, it was actually under Desperado Publishing and then 12 Gauge, but it was like being released through Image. And uh, basically, it's a story about a a sidekick who uh, works for a guy by the name of Mr. Excellent, which is basically a uh, Superman type character. And then that that character and that Superman character is a a complete dumbass. And. I think I remember this book. And and he's and like the sidekick I think is like Superior Boy. He's is this uh, a few years old? Yes, like came out like two thousand six. Yes. Okay, all right. Yeah, and seriously, like that's how long it took for me to get to it. He's sleeping Superior Boy is like sleeping with uh Mr. Excellence wife on the on the low low. Superior Boy isn't making any money. He gets like a $100 a month stipend. So he has to take a real job on the side of delivering pizzas. And he's not making any money doing that. He's got a crazy-ass girlfriend. And he's got a stoner roommate. And he finds out that uh, Mr. Excellent has been raking in, raking in all this cash on Mr. Excellent and Superior Boy action figures and all this other stuff. <laughs> and he's not making any He's not getting any money off of it. And so, you know, Superior Boy's like, screw this. I'm just going to go work for somebody else. And what he does one night is he finds like uh, their version of Batman, uh, their version of like Wonder Woman slash Athena, and like this rapper dude who like this this rapper dude who's also a superhero. And he comes like and he has a different disguise for for each superhero. And he says, you know, I want to be your new sidekick. And he's thinking that only one of them will end up hiring him, so he can quit working for Mister Excellent. Well, what happens is that all these superheroes hold a press conference that same day to say that they've hired a new sidekick, and it's him. So he has to start floating around the city um, at the same time trying to be sidekicks for all these people. And the first two issues were really good. Um, there were some things like I didn't – like there were a couple things I didn't care for. Like I, I understand what Jenkins was trying to do, and I knew it was a satire. But like right, anytime, right. You put, anytime you put a white dude in blackface – I automatically just I just say you know what I think of Ted Danson yeah and I don't like or that. Al Jolson yeah Al Jolson thank you yeah Al, I think but Al Ted J- Danson did it at a uh, uh, whose roast was it he did that Whoopi Gold what's when he was dating Whoopi Goldberg oh, you talk, oh Ted Danson yeah yeah Whoopi Goldberg thought it'd be funny yeah and I was, was like, Ted what roast was that God damn it was that even remember. a roast I don't even think that was a roast I think that was an award show no I think it was a roast I'm gonna Google it go ahead okay. talk. But um, you know, but Google. but a superior boy dresses up in blackface in order to try to become this black superhero sidekick, and I didn't like that. I was just like, you know what, that's stupid. I was like, there's other ways. There's other ways to do that instead of like you know using blackface. And so um, that really made me like the series less and less. By the time it got to the end, it just really wasn't very entertaining. The first issue, though, I, th- I really felt that the first issue was like the best of the bunch. But the whole the book as a whole. Um, it's drawn by Chris Moreno. Chris Moreno's fantastic. The art is fantastic. So if you read it for the art, 
you're like, okay, this is really good. But if you read it for the story, I think you're going to end up being really disappointed. Um, although the coolest thing about the book is the supervillain. I think, oh, I can't remember his name right now. I apologize for not having the notes in front of me. But the supervillain is like this cratchety old man who's like real sadistic. And his wife is a brick. And an actual physical brick. And uh, he talks to his brick all the time. And he, and he has a butler. And he has all these strange weapon contraptions that are things like a giant boot. Um, like a super, like a, an oversized bra, uh, you know, just the stupidest, yeah. the stupidest shit I've ever seen in my entire life. That was funny, but everything else I could care less. But uh, Chris Moreno's artwork really made it shine. But the story itself, as a whole, I did not, I did not care much for it all. Found that thing about Whoopi Goldberg and Ted Danson. Okay, what was that from? That was from Whoopi Goldberg's Friar Club roast. Oh, okay. Where Ted Danson showed up in blackface. Oh, I remember and, that. And yeah. did some racially crude jokes, I guess. Yes. And uh, Mayor David Jenkins and talk show host Montel Williams. Montel Williams says, I was confused to whether or not I was at a Friars event or or at a rally for the KKK and Aryan Nation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Montel. Uh, mm. Now Montel doing commercials for like check cashing. Yeah. Damn it, Montel. Damn it. Damn it. <laughs> but no, but those are the books. Those are, those are the books that I've read as of late. So, and uh, I do have another batch of books to read uh, very soon. Oh, I take that back. I did read a book. I read the first issue of, of Trinity, which was done by a Matt Wagner many years ago. Uh, David A. Price sent it to me as a, as a Wait, gift. Trinity? Yeah. Yes, uh, it was it was a three issue like over, oh, okay, oversi- right. oversized miniseries. Because uh, DC did that Trinity thing, that's why I wasn't sure you were talking about. Mm, no, they did that fifty two week event thing, right? No, no, I'm not talking about that. I'm I'm talking about the the Matt Wagner, the Matt Wagner deal, and um, and it's like the three issues all oversized. Oh, is that the one about the um? It's like a, a Elseworlds tale about Wonder Woman, Superman, and Batman. I don't know if it's an El- Elseworlds tale. I think it's more of a tale of, hey, this is how they all met up together for the first time. Oh, okay. And it's got Bizarro and Ra's al Ghul. And like Ra's al Ghul got Bizarro to work for him. And Bizarro thinks that Ra's al Ghul is cool. And he's like a really cool dude. He's trying to like change the world. And you know how Bizarro is because Bizarro isn't the brightest guy in the world. He calls Ra's al Ghul racer cool. <laughs> Um, that's pretty cool and but like the great once again the great thing the great thing about this book is that first off the writing is top notch and Matt Wagner's artwork is just incredible and it's got this real it's got a classic feel but at the same time it's not that type of feel where it's so classic that it's a constant reminder hey you're in this time period hey it's just gorgeous and he treats the characters of Superman Batman and Batman and Wonder Woman with so much respect dude I, I would read. I can. I can read that to no end. And like, actually, tonight I'm going to f- finish reading issues two and three of it. Um, and I can't wait. I'm so. I'm so excited to read that. That I'm actually excited to read. So, um, but yeah. But those. Those are the books that I've been reading. Cool.
As you know, I'm a, fr- I'm a fan of Hackslash. Well, that's going away with issue 25. He's not doing it anymore. Why not? I think he just got too much on his plate. Maybe he just told all the stories he's going to tell for now, you know. So it's ending with issue 25, and I read 22 and 23, and then came to the realization that one of my favorite books that I always look forward to is not going to be there anymore. And I got saddened and downtrodden. You know, the story's pretty good. You know, I just hope that it's not the end, the end, and one day he'll come back to it, you know. Although he's killing it on Revival, mm. which I don't know if you have you even read that yet. That's with Mike Norton, right? Yeah. No, I have not read that yet, sir. Oh, it's a crazy book. I mean, it's like you you don't know what the hell is going on, but in a good way. You know what I mean? Like in, in a, in a kind of like in the... In the first the first season, a lost kind of way, where you're like, "What the? I can't wait to watch this next week." So that was good. Hickman's Avengers has been pretty good. No, um, yeah, I've heard good things about that. And Hickman's Avengers has Black Panther, right? That's the new Avengers. Oh, okay. He's no. doing that too, which is uh, first issue of that. I thought was phenomenal. Second, third, it's just like he's building like this big, huge story, and. uh Sometimes I feel I'm just not smart enough for Jonathan Hickman, and it makes me sad. That's all right, man. We, you know, look, man. Once we get this, uh, once we get this super entertainment money, we'll go back to college, and uh, we'll get you some money. We'll, we'll send you back to college like Rodney Dangerfield. And <laughs> his Avengers run, I like the first two issues. The third one, I was kind of eh. The fourth one was pretty good, and then uh, the fifth one I thought was phenomenal. And yes, this thing came out two months ago, and there's already five issues out. Are they doing the double shipping with that, too? Yep. Mm. But they did come out straight up and say that. You know what I mean? Like, before, it was that was one of the things they said. Like, you know, this is going to be double shipped every month. So I knew what I was getting into. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I know. I know you knew, yeah. So I, I, I give Marvel that. See, it's the problem. That's the problem. It's, it's not that I don't... Like, I have a problem with the double shipping. But at least if you're honest with me and say, hey, these are the titles that every month they're going to be double shipped. So now I have a conscious decision to say, well, do I want to spend $8 a month on Superior Spider-Man or the, the Avengers? Or do I want to spend my money elsewhere instead of me getting into a title? Right. And then all of a sudden... Yeah, guess what? This month we're just gonna double ship it. Next month we're gonna double ship it, and then we're gonna go back to single shipping. Like what? Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't make a lot of sense. You know, maybe- well, both both companies do things that piss me off. Like I, DC hired Bob Harris. I don't know why. <laughs> I, I think they did it just to ruin my life. Um. So it's just it's just there's, uh, he's bringing back all that stupid gimmicky shit. The WTF crap. Did you see that shit? Oh, WTF certified? Yeah, I, I, I saw it. You know what I said that stands for? What? Oh, our relaunch was a success. What the fuck do we do now? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't, I really don't get a lot of the, a lot of the decisions and, and shakeups and constant changes. He's, oh. he's doing the same thing he did at Marvel, and it's books being canceled for no real reason. Dude. I'm going to be honest with you. Sword of Sorcery? Uh-huh. Canceled it. And I, 
you know, I didn't like the backup Be- Beowulf backup story. Right. But I was still buying the book because the Amethyst shit was cool as hell. Mm-hmm. And I was into it. And guess what? Gone. Oh, yeah. Or at least they gave it a chance, all of seven or eight issues. It's like, what? Same thing with Team 7. Like, it started off slow, whatever, but you're learning about these these, these characters and who they are and this, that, and the other thing. I'm not going to tell you that it was the greatest book I've ever read. Okay? Okay. But it was far from the worst, and I was interested to see what was going to go on and what was going to happen. Nope, sales are low. Let's cancel it. See, here's the thing. I'm a huge DC guy, okay? And people could go back to past episodes when they announced the new 52, and I was like, fucker, all right? And I got mad. Mm-hmm. But I read the new 52. I tried every single book, every single book. You know how many I kept on out of 52? How many? 33. Hmm. I bought 33 DC comics every month. You a better man than me. Okay. Okay. Now, granted, they're a lot of Batman titles and Green Lantern titles, okay? Yeah. But I tried everything that they put out, even with the second wave, with the third wave. I was the one. Who was buying GI Combat? It was Don Salvo. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Who was buying Resurrection Man? It was Don Salvo. Now, I will admit, the Resurrection Man book I did like. But now they're just, they're, before you could even get into a book, it's gone. They're doing all these, this this whole WTF certified thing is so forced and gimmicky, it makes me sick. Yeah. So now it's, you know, there's writers out there that are telling great stories. And now you're going to tell me that, oh, no, you got to, all the editors are like, nope, you got to put in this holy shit, what the fuck moment in the middle of your story just so we can sell this book, you know? Yeah. And not only that, but... Dude, everybody knows what WTF means. Right. I mean, it's not like uh, what the dude, dude said in Modern Family. It doesn't mean why the face. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but, I mean, now, if I'm a parent, I'm not going to let my 8, 9, 10-year-old buy that fucking book. Yeah. And I know Chris Ro- Chris Roberson um, from uh, Monkey Brain and Monkey Brain yeah, Incorporated, yeah. and he also does some stuff for Image now. Um, he uh, and IDW, he, I think. Yes, it? yes, you're correct. And IDW, yeah, no, IDW, not Image. I'm sorry, IDW, you're correct. Thank and you. Dynamite, he's doing that mass book, which is very good. Um, which he, is all the pulp heroes coming together. Yes. It's very good. Sorry, go ahead. Oh no, 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 no. It's cool. Uh, he 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 had said that like he's talking about when they when DC introduced the WTF certified, he was like. Yet, yet another additional reason. I'm paraphrasing. Another additional reason um, as to why DC Comics have pretty much just said forget kids. Yeah, but I and they canceled their fucking Superman Family Adventures book. Yeah, that was that was kind of that was kind of shocking uh, to to be honest with you. Because I'm like, I figured that they would have at least one kid centric book. Right, and I thought, okay, that's it. They 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 can't get rid of that. You know, if they're going to have a book, they they they're they're not going to get rid of that book. Um, and and they did. But on the positive side, people are putting their money where their mouth is. Mouth is, and Art and Franco's uh, All Yeah Comics label on yes, Kickstarter is a uh, very successful right now. So and they're going to be at Super Show this year as well. Oh, Both of them. Fantastic. I don't know if you knew that. No, I did not know that, sir. Good. I'll I'll be able to see them and give them props because um, it's, it's they're doing a good thing. 
and it's necessary. And and the thing is also at the same time, I'm not going to sit here and act like the books that we had during the 80s and 90s when we were like kids slash teenagers. Um, like in the perfect example, we've used this a number of times, Daredevil, especially during the Frank Miller era. That shit wasn't for kids. We read it though, you know. Right. We we read it because it was it was like on on the shelves and turnstiles at convenience stores, but there was still enough comics to like balance out all that other stuff. You know what I mean? But now it's 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 just trying to find that balance between the bigger publishers because you can always find you know great all ages books with other publishers and right. uh, and other great titles with other publishers you don't always have to go back you know go back to, to marvel and dc to get great books but like when they dominate the market what do you do especially when you have stores that only buy books from marvel and dc and then sometimes boom image and dynamite you know what i'm saying yep. so you know it's you know it's 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 just it's a, it's a mess but yeah when i saw that wtf certified i just i was like really i'm like you know, this is 2013. We should be past this by now, right? You can't survive off of gimmicks. I can't wait for the new uh, next month when they solicit the uh, foil covers, <laughs> the hologram stickers. Yeah, fuck man. you, Bob Harris. Well, it's a lot, and a lot of it is is that people don't learn from their history. You know, and I, and I know, like, there have been, like, a lot of reports about, you know, Harris's run at Marvel and, and this and that. And, and you know, and, okay, long story short, if you don't learn from, if you don't learn from your past, you're just going to fuck up again in the future. And, you know, and, and like I said, I don't understand, I don't understand one bit of what's going on at DC Comics right now. You know, it could be that because Warner Brothers is heavily involved now, and they're like, okay, you know, y'all need to sell more books so folks are freaking out and trying everything possible to sell books. And then at the same time, if Warner's is like, what do you mean this only sold 50,000 copies? You need to cancel it. But then again, those, all those cats at Warner Brothers don't understand, may not understand how the comic book industry works. Then you have to turn around and tell them, hey, no, 50,000 copies is really good right now in this market. Oh, okay. Right. Well, cancel it anyway. And it, it just, it's, I, well, I can't call it. I can't. I just, I don't know. It's like, it's just everything they're doing now, it doesn't seem like, um, it doesn't seem like they even have a game plan. I don't think they do. You know, it it really doesn't. It's like they were gonna. Do, I mean, these constant creative team changes. Uh, I mean, there's just artists and writers just just quitting. Just be like, I'm done. You know. No, I, well, I, but then again, there are also artists and writers that get hired to do a book, and then a week later, get found out that they're not doing the book. Right. No, I'm I'm telling you, it's like they don't. There's no. It seems like there's no game plan. And I'm a DC guy. Hmm. I want this shit to succeed. Yeah. But I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not buying any more new series that they come out. They come out with. Why am I going to waste my time and energy reading a series, getting into it, only to find out that it's going to be cut short, a half a year down the road? I can understand. Uh, you know. You, like you, you invest you invest so much time time and money into this stuff and you have the you have the absolute right to just say fuck it I'm done. Yeah, you know, I did it with Marvel. When Marvel raised their prices and they did a lot of that double shipping. I mean, I did it with them. I dropped every single X book and I've never looked back. Wow. You know, um and I'm still trying to figure out if you're double shipping why your book's 3.99. 
But that's just me. Yeah, well, you know what? That's just because they can. Yeah. It's as simple as that, dude. It's it's because they can. And it's just, you know, this whole DC thing, is just it just puts such a bad taste in my mouth that, you know, I'm just like, you know what? Fuck it. Why don't you just cancel everything and uh, just make every book that you ship a Superman title, a Batman title, a Green Lantern title, or a Justice League title? Why don't you just do that? It's just like, I know I sound like a fucking... <laughs> I, found, I sound like the angry fanboy that we all make fun of, yeah. but it's kind of because I am the angry fanboy we all make fun of. You know? Yeah. It just seems so stupid. Gimmicks are not going to work in 2013. Yeah. Give me a good story. Mm-hmm. Stop fucking with creative teams. I didn't really, I wasn't really into it back in the day, and I'm not saying it was bad. It's just that I was never a Fantastic Four fan. How many issues of Fantastic Four did John Byrne do? A shit, a shit ton. He did a okay. lot. He it was did. like enough for two or three omnibuses. I know that much. <laughs> oh yeah, there, dude. There was like, there was a John Byrne run. I think there was a Simonson run. There was. Yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> another thing. Simonson on Thor, Claremont on X Men. Yeah, that was like freaking. Claremont wrote the X Men from the time I started reading comics till I graduated fucking high school. Yeah. You know, okay. on, on, on another example, um, Bendis on Avengers. I mean, right. dude, he had he Lock had down. that book for like forever, and I mean, I mean, on all the other books forever. You, you know, yeah. So ten years, I think, wasn't it? Yeah, almost, I think, because I think he started. It was right around the time when I started getting back into comics, and uh, that's when they started. Um, I, I was buying the Avengers again, but that's when they. I think they started doing that. It was like a year or two after I got into comics. I want to say 2002, okay, maybe. But, I mean, that's why I'm going to miss Hacks Last so much, too, because that's when I started getting into comics. That was like one of the first independent books I bought mm-hmm. and stayed with. Mm-hmm. You know, in 2000 is when I got back into comics after leaving for, I don't know, six years or whatever. Yeah, but still, no, nobody was on it like Stern Money. <laughs> Roger, Roger Stern, when they was just like, yo, Stern money, Stern money, they was like, yo, we gonna give you know what? We're not gonna give you the best Avengers team to work with, but huh, go ahead and make this shine. And he he would polish up a turd, and, he sure would, and like give you some great stories. So He's like, uh, they're like, look, you can't use these characters, but you could use all these characters. No one gives a fuck about <laughs> deal. We need to keep copyrights on these twenty characters. <laughs> so move them around in your book. What do you mean I got to use Cersei? Damn. All right. Now I'll make this work. Hold on, champ. I got you. Yeah, he's going to be at uh, Lexington, uh, the Lexington Comic and Toy Con this year. So I, yeah, so I get to see Stern Money again. I'm walk up to him like, yo, Stern Money, what's up? I'm going for I'm going to talk to him again. I can't wait. I cannot well, if you, wait. If, hey, if you find an uh, old Avengers issue that he did in like a 50 cent bin or something, uh-huh. quarter bin, can you please get that signed for me? I, 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 I will do my best. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Stern money. That's that's my dude, man. That is my dude. And also, Stern did some Superman books too. Yeah, um, sure did. You know, with uh, with Ron Friends. I remember. I I know for a fact he did an annual. I think Ron Friends did the artwork, and uh, and and Stern wrote it. And I want to say it was like the annual was about this monkey that uh, got zapped by like some like uh, some ray or something like that, and became like a fucking giant. 
and uh, was terrorizing Metropolis, and Superman had to stop him, but he didn't want to hurt him because it wasn't the monkey's fault. He became a giant. So, yeah, that was the um, Titano story, right? Yeah, there it is. There it is. Yes, and I want, and I want to say that was the first Superman annual during the Burn era. Yeah, I era. think it was. Yeah, man. Um, and I also I found my uh, Action Comics annual. That was a uh, Mike uh, Mignola artwork where it was Superman and Batman against vampires. Oh, with the uh, Art Adams cover. Oh, oh, was it an Art Adams book or was it a Mignola book on the inside? I, I want to say it might have been an Art Adams okay. book. I remember Art Adams did the cover. Okay, you're right. It was Art. At all the books I sold, dude, I still wouldn't give that one up. I kept that one. I have two copies of it. And that I, was dope, and, and I don't know how I have how I have two copies of it. I really don't. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. I got two copies. And I got. Can I just say one thing? while we're talking yeah sure uh, uh, all those people that are complaining about the superior Spider-Man and Doc Ock being the new Spider-Man and Dan Slott doesn't know what he's doing and, and Dan Slott this and Dan Slott that shut up <laughs> Dan Slott knows what he's doing this story is it. this story is good I don't care what you say hmm Peter Parker's not dead. You know he's going to be back. They're making a freaking other movie. You know what I'm saying? It's just a storyline. Yes. I have, dude, I haven't read Spider-Man so long. I can't oh, even tell, I can't even good. tell what's going on. I can't even tell you. Oh, you are correct. Art Adams did the cover, and he penciled the book. The issue was uh, written by John Byrne uh, with uh, inks by uh, Dick uh, Giordano. Or Giordano. Um, oh, that's right. And, uh, yeah, color colorist. Uh, Petra Scotis, and it was edited by Mike Carlin. Yeah. With letters by Albert Tobias de Guzman. They said, back in the day, man, they were like, you need an anchor? Put, DC was like, put, what, Frank McLaughlin's busy? <laughs> put put Giordano on it. Yeah, put, put Giordano on that book. Put DG on it. Put a DG on it. He got it. Eight hey, boy. Dude, like uh, Dick Giordano and Terry Austin. Like for like burn books, it was like one of those two dudes or Carl Ke- or Carl Kessel. One of those three cats was always inking a John Byrne book for DC back then. You know, it, and like if it was anybody else, you would be shocked. But it would normally be those three: Austin, Giordano, and uh, and, and Kessel. But uh, yeah, forty-eight pages, a buck twenty-five. Nowadays, that would be nine ninety-nine. Um, <laughs> Forty-three seventy-two, mm-hmm. and and uh, yeah, be nine reprints. Oh yeah, this that cover, that cover. I still love that cover to this day. That yeah, man, I love reading Art, Art Arthur Adams books. I, I love reading just for his. Oh, I I bought because uh, I sold my X Men books. I actually found a trade of uh, you remember when the X Men annual New Mutants annual crossed over and they went to Asgard. And it was all Art Art Adams art and shit. Yes. I found that in a trade. I didn't even know they made it. I didn't know they made that either. I found it at a local, like, uh, it was like almost like a uh, Elks Club type of convention. And, and, uh, you know, it was a real small hall, real local convention around here. Mm -hmm. Some dude had that shit for like $3. And I was like, sold. Uh, I found nice. that, and I found um, an original trade of the Wolverine miniseries by Claremont and uh, Frank Miller. Miller. Nice. 
because I sold those issues too, which I was stupid. I didn't realize how much they would be worth back. You know what I'm saying? Oh, oh, dude, how were you supposed to know? You know what I mean? No, no, you no, never know. You never know. You know, one but, one day it's like one day the book you least expect which that you know you you bought like you paid full price for and then one day something happens and then that book's worth like a hundred bucks but you got rid of it like four years ago for like five dollars you, you, you never know you honestly never know well that that's like you know when i was a kid i remember being like nine years old and new teen titans number one back then was going for you know a mint copy was going for twenty dollars mm -hmm. and number two was like five bucks okay 80s twenty dollars for a comic was a lot of freaking money oh, yeah. you know so it was always my dream to own a, a copy of new teen titans number one uh about i don't know four years ago i was at another local little convention and some dude had a, a mint copy of new teen titans number one for twelve dollars what Yep. And number two was outrageous because it's the first appearance of Deathstroke. Oh. So number two, back in the day, you could have bought for like, you know, between three, five, three and five bucks. And now it's just crazy, you know, like uh, I think, um, I mean, don't quote me on this. I'm not sure, but I think like a non-mint copy uh, is going for between 30 and 40 dollars for like a non-mint copy might even be more than that to be honest with you that's my next holy grail book oh new teen titans number two do are they still are they still making those uh they did didn't they do like those hard covers for a uh, new teen they titans did, they did omnibuses okay are those uh, they they just solicited number three but i didn't buy it okay because number three was the end of the Titans run would become Tales of the Teen Titans. Okay. And then it goes right into when Wolfman and Perez did the Baxter series. And uh, there's a few issues of that in there. But I have a lot of those issues, and I'm actually trying to complete a run of that. And instead of paying $75 from the omnibus, I could find those books in a 50-cent bin. You know what I'm saying? Oh, especially those Baxter issues. Those Baxter issues hold up pretty well, as far right. as as far as the quality of the paper and stuff like that. But they're not worth it. You know what I'm saying? Like it's not like, uh, you know, I have so, <laughs> I have so many versions of the the Perez Wolfman New Teen Titans run mm -hmm. between trades, omnibus, single issues. I even have a few showcase editions. Wow. And I mean, I've triple, quadruple dipped on that book. And I'm not doing it no more. <laughs> you shouldn't. And I was like, I, you know, I can't pay another. Even on DCBS, it was like thirty-seven fifty, And uh, I just, I, I still couldn't. I couldn't bring myself to do it, you I'm, know. I'm going to visit Donnie's house one day. And he's like, here's my comic collection. I got like 40,000 comics. Man, why 25,000 of these the same issue of New Teen Titans? <laughs> yup. First off, I just want to say that I'm sick of snow.
<laughs> All right. Okay. Last weekend, I had woken up to four feet of snow on my front lawn. Whoa. Four feet where I couldn't even see. Dude, you couldn't tell where my car ended and began. <laughs> and if it wasn't for my neighbor who let me use his snowblower, I'd still be shoveling now. Four feet. Wow. That's some hoth shit. Yes, that is. We had two shovels, right? Yeah. My wife and I went out to shovel. She sticks the shovel in the snow. Shovel breaks. <laughs> so now I'm like, I got to do this shit myself. Mm-hmm. So here I am trudging through the snow waist high. Because I figure he was all done with his yard, right? You know, his, his sidewalk and stuff. Right. So I was like, well, so I could get, you know what I mean? So I could, so I could, I could get good balance. While I'm shoveling, I'll start at the edge of his driveway where mine begins. So that way I'm on the concrete and I could get some good footing and I'll just mm -hmm. I'll just go crazy. And it also gives you a false sense of hope. Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. So that dude, he was outside, right? He just saw me walking through waist high fucking snow and just said, and, and mind you, since I moved in, this man has been phenomenal and has asked me if I wanted to borrow all kinds of t tools. I don't even know what they do. And he and I'm just, and I'm, no, Tom, thank you. No, Tom, thank you. I'm afraid I'm going to break the shit. This dude looking at me goes, Don, I have a snowblower if you want to. I, he didn't even finish the sentence. I was like, yes, Tom, that would be lovely. <laughs> and you know, with a medium-sized snowblower, that shit still took me two and a half hours. And then... We were supposed to get another thing last night. And they were like, you're going to wake up and there's going to be two to five inches all over the world of your area. And it's going to be chaos. And, you know, and woke up. It was a dusting, dude. <laughs> and the wind is blowing so hard. I'm not even joking. The wind is blowing so hard that the snow has blown off my property. <laughs> I don't even have to go out there and shovel, sweep, or anything because my sidewalk is clean, mm -hmm. my driveway is clean because everything is blown the fuck off. You know, you want to know why? Because Mother Nature was like, "Listen, Donnie, we saw you out there struggling during that four feet. Here's an IOU, <laughs> and they took well, care of it for you." Let me tell you something, man. When that blizzard started, you know, it started down um, kind of uh, slow at first. So there was a few inches on the ground. I went out there and shoveled. Because this is what I did the last time we had a snowstorm, and it, and it worked. I would go out every so often and shovel a little bit, mm -hmm. and then I was okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I went out, and I did that. I shoveled. I came back in, and it started, It was still snowing pretty bad, right? <laughs> so I went outside and said, I'm going to shovel again. I got my headphones in. I'm in my own little world listening to the podcast, and I'm just, just working and don't even know where I'm at. All of a sudden, I hear a voice. And I swear to God, dude, it was like Ben Kenobi talking to Luke Skywalker on Hoth. I swear to God, because I was just sitting there, and I didn't even realize it. I'm shoveling in the middle of a whiteout. Mm -hmm. My wife opened up the back door and was calling my name. I was in the driveway three feet away from her. Couldn't see her at all. <laughs> and she's like, Donnie, stop. Stop shoveling. Come on in and have dinner. And I'm like, Ben, <laughs> Dagobah system. No, 
And I turned around, dude, and everything I had shoveled looked like it was never been touched before. Man, you was straight up in a Bugs Bunny cartoon. And I just said, you know what? I'm, fuck it. That's exactly why I fuck it. Whatever happens, <laughs> happens. You know what I mean? Like, if I wake up tomorrow and we're snowed in, fuck it. I don't even care anymore. Woke up the next morning, dude, four feet of snow. Mm-hmm. Four feet. <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, I'm sure we got listeners in Den- you know, like Norway and Sweden that are like, yeah, mm, four feet. Mm. <laughs> Call that a dusting. Yeah. I couldn't believe it. That Did you guys get any of that storm? Um, we we got a we got a little bit of it, but not much. Uh, like I think we got like three inches. Um, if that, we haven't had a bad storm here for a few years. Last time we had a bad storm, it was better, it was like a, it was. So, a, what did you say? They said you better knock on some wood after oh, yeah. that. Yeah, you gonna wake up tomorrow? <laughs> oh, dude, man, the weather here has been so strange. Before we got that winter storm that like that really you know that y'all got it was coming through up through our way. Um, before we got it, it was like f- like forty eight degrees, fifty degrees, fifty five degrees, twenty. Right, right. And and then then the snow came. It was like a combination. It was like two or three inches of snow, and that was it. But normally, when the bad weather comes lately, it's more of a combination of here's a really shitty ice storm that's gonna fuck with your whole city for four days. Because because of of the con- of the constant torrent um, you know constant downpour of uh, freezing ice, and then you know what Mother Nature's gonna swing on by and give you another four or five inches of snow. There you go. That's <laughs> hello. The- <laughs> yeah, man, I'm serious. About two or three years ago, we had an ice storm that was so bad that um, I mean it knocked out electricity all over all over the city and state. I mean, it put a lot of people in bad shape. Like we got lucky when the ice storm hit. It hit a it hit a transformer, it, it hit a tra- it hit a transformer real close in our neighborhood, right? Is it Optimus Prime? I wish it was, because at least he could have saved the day. But um, <laughs> but like we're, we're like Lee and I, Lee and I are like in the living room, like watching TV, and um, getting ready to you know it's like you know what it's just getting late, let's go to bed, and we hear this like loud crash, and it sounds like somebody just broke like ten panes of like window panes at once, and I'm like oh shit before I can say shit, boom power went out uh, and so like it's going on 11 o'clock and, you know we wait 10 15 minutes first we just thought okay maybe you know maybe we just need to go go downstairs and flip some switches so it's like hey sean go downstairs and flip some switches i'm like oh. <laughs> all right let me go get the flashlight and shit you know it's all dark and shit i'm like hopefully i won't get stabbed but i go down there try to you know flip some circuit breakers nothing i come on back upstairs i'm like honey we have no power and i'm like check check the whole neighborhood they have no power but at least, like, are we, are we have a fireplace that's, uh, you know, run on gas. So uh-huh. it was going to get cold that night, so we just so we slept in the living room. I'm going to lay it down by the fire. <laughs> exactly. I'm going to treat you right. <laughs> so, so, yeah, we did that. And um, we were really worried that we were going to lose, like, the food we put, you know, the food in the refrigerator and everything. And literally, the next morning at 830, power came back. Can I say that for everybody else in the neighborhood? No, um, uh, but uh, but yeah, man, that's that's how uh, crazy. That, that's the the craziest it, that it's ever uh, been. We've never had anything since we've been here. We've never had anything like a foot of snow or two feet of snow. Knock on wood. But we normally get some shitty ice storms, and I don't know if it's spring yet because 
like I'm looking out the window right now, it's spring. Yesterday it was it was 35 degrees, and folks were like, man, it looks nice outside. Then they stepped outside, and that cold wind was coming at 45 miles an hour. Like, gotcha, bitch. And <laughs> and folks was like, I'm going back in the house. I can't call this weather anymore, man. Yeah, actually, like here on Friday, it was. I think it was damn near 52 degrees, 53 degrees. And then all of a sudden they're on the news talking about cold front, winter storm, five inches. And it works like there's dudes outside. Just I saw a jogger in shorts and and a T-shirt just jogging along 52 degrees. And I was like, man, what are you talking about? Snow. <laughs> Where's the snow coming from? Look at this fool. I, I just, you can't, like you said, you can't read it anymore either because you know what I mean? Like storms of the century get ratings. So every storm is the fucking storm of the century. Well, not only that, but like this whole naming system. I'm, I'm like, can't we just call it a fucking storm? Do we have to give it a name, you know, f- oh, yeah. for media purposes? There's fucking Nemo and, you know, Hurricane Jodeci, you know. Woo, woo, woo. You know, it I'm blowing down, blowing down the house. Woo, 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 woo. See, it's ridiculous, man. I'm just look. Just keep people safe. Let them know where it's coming. It doesn't need a name, and quit trying to scare the shit out of people. But people need to leave. Tell them to fucking leave. That's yeah. pretty much it. No, I don't know, dude. It's just, uh, I just I couldn't believe the fucking brunt of it. But I'll tell you right now, knock on wood. You heard that? Yes. And. uh like even when the hurricane came through here, I did not lose power. Uh, through this blizzard, did not lose power. I've been very lucky in this house. Well, good. I really have. I mean, back when I lived uh, in the apartment complex, I lived around the corner from a hospital, so we were on the same power grid as the hospital. Hmm. So we hardly, I mean, I think we lost power once and it was because it was like 110 degrees outside or some crazy shit like that. And it was like a brownout. Yeah. But dude, we were on back on <laughs> within a half an hour. Mm. Yeah, because you was connected to the hospital, man. You was yep. siphoning that hospital power. Yes, sir. <laughs> you had like a long ass extension cord with like a power brick and just connected to like the the, the, the hospital wall. Like, broom. <laughs> <laughs> That was us. Yes. Honey, give me more. I need give me six more feet on the extension cord. <laughs> Mr. Johnson doesn't need this respirator. <laughs> See? Boom. I want to play Xbox. So what else you been reading though? Uh, I talked about I think the last time I was on here. Hoax Hunters is still really strong. Uh, let's see, I've been reading the Bat books, the Green Lantern books, um, some unsuspected unsus- cool things from the New Fifty Two. Two of them have been canceled. One of them still going. Uh, was Frankenstein was a really good book. So was I Vampire. It was a really good book. And uh, the one that's still going on that hasn't been canceled as of yet is Dial uh, Dial H. 
What a weird book, dude. See, I have, I, I've heard, I've heard great things. But it's so weird and so unusual, but like the story is just, it's just like you know. I mean, there was a point there where I almost dropped it because it did start to get a little, eh. You know what I mean? Like, but then it just picked up, and I was like, "Holy shit!" <laughs> like, <laughs> it's just so strange. You know, um, I just like, uh, I don't know, man. I, I'm trying to think of like outside the box, like out of the Marvel now stuff. I'm trying, oh, of course, Superior Spider-Man, which I really like. Uh, um, let's see the Hickman Avengers, which I already said the new Avengers. But you know what one took me by surprise, too, was uh Young Avengers. What a great book that was, dude. Now you talking a, the the previous Young Avengers run or this No, the new this new Marvel Now one. What a great book. I mean only one issue's come out, but it was just so much fun. Really? And uh the art was great. The st- stories by Carrie Gillian. Carrie Gillian, that's his name? Carrie Gillian? Yeah. And uh I mean, just so much fun. And it, it, I don't know. It's just good, dude. Just good. Well, I will, well, I will put that on my on my uh, ever-expanding I'll get to reading it when I'm 65 list. <laughs> well, you know what I've been doing is like, so I changed my DCBS shipment to uh, uh, monthly. Okay. All right. So what I have been doing is either grabbing trades off the shelf that I said I was going to read and it's just been sitting there. Because I don't know if you saw on Facebook, I put how big is your to-read pile. <laughs> yeah. And mine was the length, half the length of my wall in my bedroom. Mm-hmm. And that was just trades. Mm-mm-mm. So that's that's what I've been doing, trying to get into there. I, I actually started reading the Dan DiDio OMAC New 52 series. Got four issues in and had to put it down. Oh, and said, uh, you know, sorry, Mike Myers, but uh, I'm not going to be omactivating anything. I don't know if I'm going to finish it or not. <laughs> well, now, now you know, uh, Keith Keith Giffen Giffen was really the, the main force behind that book. I I like because like yeah, I like what Giffen tried to do with the book. I, I did read like three issues of it. I haven't read the rest of it yet. I won't I won't give. My you know my whole take on it until I read the whole thing, but from the first three issues I didn't I didn't enjoy it, but I knew it was more Giffen than the deal on that book. And what are you talking about there, Sean? <laughs> you no know, seriously, I I like what Giffen I like what Giffen did on that. I, I do. I I just need to I need to finish reading it. Yeah, I mean I'm not gonna I'm I'm just telling you right now I put it down after issue four because I was like all right maybe I need to read something else now. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, yeah, that's pretty much why I, I ended it there. But, <laughs> <laughs> it, like, the first couple issues were really kind of cool, you know? And then um, I don't know what happened. It just kind of – I don't like the aped Kirby art either. There are certain people that do draw in the Kirby style. That That's their style. But, like, you've seen – but the thing is, is that Giffen, Giffen is an art chameleon. Right, he can flip in so in so many different ways that, you know, like even to the point where it's just like, okay, what style is this style? Giffen's just like I'm everywhere, 
He's like, if you need Kirby, I'm gonna give you Kirby. So, right. but I, I, but I know what I know what you're saying though. It's like when you when you see a book that was something that Kirby created, and you see somebody putting it in the Kirby style, that can kind of be off putting because you don't and, because it's like you know they're trying to pay an homage to Kirby, but at the same time, it's like you don't have to. Well, I think too the fact that I mean it's no secret. I'm not really a big Kirby fan. I mean, I appreciate everything he's done for the industry, and it's you know, but I mean, it's art wise, it just wasn't my thing, you know, right. and uh, so I think that might have a lot to do with it too. Yeah, I mean, look, you like what you like, like right, right. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm not knocking the guy. I'm not saying he's horrible. You know, I'm just saying it's not his art is not my thing. Right, right, right. So, um, so I think that might have something to do with it too. It's like. You know, I I just look at the art and uh, I'm not really into it. You know, I don't. It just seems like I, I got four issues to go. You can do and, I, and and then I got my DCBS shipment. I said I'm gonna start reading these indie Marvel books. Daryl, don't even get me started. Daryl cracks me up, dude. That dude left, took a train to Boston yesterday. Or no, Friday. And he's still like, I'm still going to record. I'm still going to record. So we're like, okay, I'm going to record on my iPad. He's staying at Chris Krasinski's house. Yeah. Right? So now, as we're recording, Chris is fucking made him breakfast. Hold up, hold up, hold up. Sausage and eggs and shit. Right? While he's recording, and this fool's all like, "Where the ketchup at?" <laughs> See, I can't deal with. And him. then he's like, "Why?" The thing that cracked me up though is what he said was, uh, "I don't know what happened. I woke up and there was all these white people in the house." <laughs> <laughs> uh, Daryl's funny, man. Yeah, man, that dude is crazy. And good luck with him at Super Show because that's his birthday weekend. Oh, uh, he's staying away from our table. I don't no, want. Dude, I, I don't know. I don't want. I think he's gonna be everywhere. I, I'm gonna have like a. I'm. I'm for. I'm gonna have like a barrier, like around our section. No Daryl's allowed. I don't know what I'm gonna do with him that weekend, man. Oh, uh, dude! I I swear to God, I was like his wife Friday night. He's like, you gotta give me a lead. Call me on Saturday morning to make sure I'm awake. And I said, well, just don't drink too much, you stupid ass. Yeah. Like I'm talking to him like his wife and shit. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> Boy, I tell you, remember that movie? Um, it was a terrible movie with Tom Green and Rip Torn called uh, "Freddy Got Fingered." I had no idea Rip Torn was in this, but yeah, I I do remember that movie. I never saw it, but I do remember that. I, I only saw like five minutes of it, but like the Freddy character, I really, if if you substituted Daryl with the Freddy character, it's the same movie. <laughs> The books I talked about earlier today and how like old a lot of those books were, I mean, I was just thankful to have the time to read them. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. And um, and being able to read some books digitally has also helped me too. Um, yeah. Because like I can read those anywhere, pretty much. 
And so that that's that's helpful. And it's, it's nice. And it's also I'm not going to lie. It's nice to get back into reading some books again. Um, not that like I have, like I said, I don't still don't have a lot of time to read, but it's nice just to be able to read something every now and then because you can get so inundated with work in life and life stress that sometimes you know reading really helps me unwind you know what i mean it helps me de-stress a bit yep. so when i do that i feel refreshed and then i can get back to doing what i was doing and well, I, I always feel better about that you know i feel the same way and it's like what i do every because i work the night shift every morning when i come home you know i wash up i throw on my sweats and uh i turn on my little reading lamp and i read like you know, I read until I can't read anymore. Yeah. Until my eyes physically say no. <laughs> no more. You go to bed now. Do you put on your like your little reading glasses? And uh <laughs> get, get you a nice cup of tea. And I get my night my night shirt on. <laughs> and I get my my candle. Yes. And, and I night. say, You boy, what day is today? <laughs> it's Christmas. <laughs> but no, I, I uh, you know I read until I can't read anymore. That's what I did. But I wanted to tell you this. I don't know if I mentioned this before, but one month when I was waiting for my shipment, instead of grabbing a trade, I went into my long box and I grabbed the first ten issues of All Star Squadron, and I started rereading them. And I think that's what I'm going to do. Uh, when I'm just not in the mood for a trade, I'm just going to grab a fistful of... of That sounds dirty. But I'm going to grab a <laughs> fistful of All-Star Squadron. And I am just going to start reading. And I'll tell you right now, the first few issues of that book were, I'm not going to lie, a little painful. And then the awesomeness just ensued where it just made no sense whatsoever. <laughs> Some of these storylines... Some guy pretended to be a Mayan god, and, and it was just insane. But it was fun. It was so much fun, and I can't wait to uh, get back into them. I think I have every issue of All-Star Squadron but five. But five, like, there's five issues that I don't have yet. And um, because I'm going through my comic collection again, I'm trying to sort and file and find out what I have and what I don't have. Right. And, um, and once, I get, once I get those last few issues, I think like another annual or two, Boom. I'm going to read all of that. I, that's that's my plan. I have it in the same box as uh, Infinity Inc. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to, as soon as I'm done with All-Star Squadron, I'm reading Infinity Inc. And then uh, I, uh, I'm i trying to get a full run of Marvel 2-in-1 and a full run of Marvel Team-Up. You know what, man? I'm, I'm just going to go bonkers I'm, and just I'm, read right through those shits. I'm so upset with myself for... Um, as a kid, I had a ton of the Marvel team-up books. Me too. Same uh, thing. Got rid of them. Got rid of them. <laughs> including, including the last issue that had the X-Men, uh, yep. like where they fought. Was it Black Tom? And Black yeah, Tom? Yeah, Juggernaut, I think. Black yeah. Tom and the Juggernaut, I yeah. think. Yeah. Oh. I just, I actually just rebought that at New York Comic Con. Uh, Murder and I found it in a bin for 50 cents. Mm. I love that cover. And I jumped on it. I was like, mine. Yeah, I seriously like I had a good a good chunk of that run from like 1982 till the end, and yep. and I was so upset with myself when I got rid of them. I was do you remember so, what your first issue of Marvel Team Up you ever bought was? Um, yes, I do. It was um, 
It was uh, the uh, one that had a... Because actually I bought it from a back issue bin at a, at a, at a, at a store. Um, because like I said, like I said, I had that run from 82 to uh, whatchamacallit. I'll take that back. No, 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 no. That was the second one I bought. The first one I bought... Oh, now remember. Give me one second. Let me think. It was Spider-Man and Captain Marvel, a.k.a. Monica Rambeau. That was the first one I ever bought. And that might have, that was from the mid-80s. And then in turn, that made me go back to come find comic book stores to find back issues. And then I stayed on top of it ever since. So I'm going to find out when that issue came out. Uh, I'm going to look up. Mine was, I actually started buying them towards the end of the run, I think. It was, wait, hang on, let me. It was the one where Spider-Man teams up with Iron Man and they fight uh, Whiplash. Yeah. But it's not Tony Stark Iron Man. It's Rhodey. It's Rhodey Iron Man. And I was like, I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, Iron Man's black. <laughs> yes. And and I was like, damn, I didn't know that. And that, that got me, you know. Well, I'm trying to. F- I'm looking for the issue. Yeah, the 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 issue that just, it's called Hometown Boy, and it had because uh, it was issue 145 because it's got Whiplash yep. on the front. 145, and yep. it's got Spidey's head on one corner, Iron Man, and, or Iron Man's on, on the other side. Yeah. Yeah. So now you're looking for the Monica Rambo. It one? was issue 142. It's called Foiled. Do I have that one? And um, I do not have that one, sir. <laughs> and that was literally eight issues before the series was canceled. And because um, that book came out in June of 84. OK, so that was the first issue I bought. And I was like, oh, this is awesome. And then, you know, my dad said, well, you know, they have previous issues. It's like, well, we'll go to the comic book store. We'll try to find you some. And and then I bought the second issue I bought was the issue before at 141 Blind Justice. And uh, it was him and Daredevil. And then I just started randomly picking Issues like Spider-Man and Jack of Hearts, Spider-Man the Vision. Um, to this day, issue 128, which was called Sweet Temptation, where it was like a photo cover. And uh, it was like, you know, a dude in a Captain America costume and a dude in a Spider-Man costume. I remember that. With the backdrop of New York. It was, it was the guys from those shitty movies. No, it wasn't the dudes from the shitty movies. It was just I pe- thought it was just a, a still shot of those guys they just put like nope. into the... Mm-mm. No? Nope. 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 I don't have that one either. Um, you know, I had that one. Like, I don't have any of these now. I think I may have one or two issues. But see, because the thing is, is not only that, I got these, I, I found these books, and then I was reading Marvel Tales featuring Spider Man. And there was a period of time in Marvel Tales where they, um, where they did the reprints of like the 70s, um, especially the, the 70s Marvel team up stuff and the Burn Marvel team up stuff in those books. Yeah. So that's where I read, like, you know, Spider-Man and Red Sonja, Spider-Man and Captain Britain, and, and, and things like that. So, so yeah. See, what was great about these books back in the day, Marvel Team-Up, Marvel 2-in-1, uh, even Brave and the Bold, uh, and DC Comics Presents, is it introduced you to all these characters that, A, may, may have never had their own book or wasn't in a team. Yep. And you got to learn a little bit about them, or, or at least know who they are. I mean, I've got... Uh, I think I've got almost every annual. The first annual is Spider-Man and the X-Men. The second one is Spider-Man and the Hulk. The third one is the Hulk, Power Man and Iron Fist, Machine Man, and somebody else. 
Then it's the fourth one is Spider-Man, Moon Knight, Iron Fist, Daredevil, and Power Man. And like Power, all right, Moon Knight. I don't know if he had his own book around that time. He may have. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think. Marvel team up annual number five was the Thing, Scarlet Witch, Doctor Strange, and Quasar with Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> and then you had Cloak and Dagger and the New Mutants and Spider-Man. Spider-Man and Alpha Flight. Mm-hmm. That was dope. But then in the right, then you have like issues where it was like Spider-Man and Kill Raven. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Spider-Man and the Sons of the Tiger or Daughters of the Tiger or whatever the hell that was. Spider-Man, was- Spider-Man and the Son of Satan. Spider-Man and, like, and Hercules. Spider-Man and Brother Voodoo. It's like, whoa. Yep, Spider-Man and the Daughters of the Dragon. Yep. That was the that was another one. I have Spider Marvel Team Up number 74, Spider-Man and the Not Ready for Primetime Players. Oh, talking about Saturday Night Live? Yep. Oh, my. And then you have, like, that's a hard issue to find, actually. I don't, I, I really, that's that's a pretty hard issue to find. Then there's, like, Spider-Man and Clea. Spider-Man and Sa- Satana. Yeah. yeah. Sat- Satana? Satana? I don't know how to pronounce it. Yeah, with an, yeah, with an S. Not to be confused yes. with DC Comics, uh, Satana. And you get Werewolf by Night, Howard the Duck. Like, who are these people? <laughs> you know? And then every once in a while, they throw you through a loop. If three uh, for a loop and be like Marvel team up Hulk and Spider Woman. You're like, wait a minute, we're Spider Man. Yeah, you know, I love this book, man. So did I. Because and you could find them at any con. Yeah, I yeah. mean, they go anywhere from a quarter to a dollar, depending on what you know what I mean. You're if, if I had you know if if there is another collection that I would like to rebuild again, it would be this one. Yep, and the same thing, like I said, with Marvel two and one so much fun dude to just grab an issue and read it you know hmm. it, it just not only does it take you back to when you were a kid but it takes you back when comics used to be fun man that's the that's the one thing that I think is really I mean look, I love comics I know it sounds like I'm bitching through this whole episode or whatever <laughs> but I do I love comics I want DC to drop all those stupid gimmicks and succeed and be a company Ooh. that they used to be you know, yeah. I want Marvel to stop double shipping and drop their price down a dollar so I could buy all the books I used to buy. You know, yeah. I want I want to see, you know, new things from Image, uh, new things from Dark Horse. Holy crap! That new Star Wars by Brian Wood is fucking phenomenal. <laughs> Best Star Wars book I've read, dude. Wow. Yeah, I mean, you know, comic wise, but I mean, it just. It's just like, I don't know, man. There's just so much baggage, and it's all about, uh, you know, there's so much marketing now where it's like, we got to have this big, huge event and 57 different crossovers. And DC, you do not need to publish 52 fucking books a month, especially if you're going to cancel half of them. Look, I like the obscure characters. I like giving them the shot, giving them their own book. I'm all for that, dude, because you know me. The more obscure, the better. The better for you, yes, yes. I mean, like, some of my favorite Avengers teams is is some of the most obscure freaking heroes that you'd ever, you know, like Circe, Hercules, Crystal, Dr. Druid. You know what, man? Crystal just don't give no love. She don't get no love. They'll put on her her book, yo, we're going to put you in the Fantastic Four. My status has now been boosted. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to put you on the Avengers and give you a team jacket. My status has been boosted. Nope. Nope, because you're on that team that has team jackets. 
Team Jackets and Team Tony. I don't think there's a lot more people that loves the comic industry as much as I do that aren't even in the comic industry. I mean, I know there's a lot of people out there, but and I know I sound like I'm bitching, but I just like, just tell us good stories with good art. You don't need all this shit, man. They didn't need that shit when we were growing up. Fucking Marvel team-up lasted 150 issues. You know, Marvel 2-in-1 lasted 100 issues. And how many books from today's era can you say last that long? None. In all seriousness, 100 bullets? Because that was a thing. That was the gimmick. They were going to do 100 issues. You know, but I mean, like, even, like, great books like Scalp ended at 60, was it 60 or 64? Something like that. I bought it at trade, so I don't know. There's 10 volumes, so 60 issues, I think, yeah. 60 issues. You know, I mean, like, the only thing I could think of that started off in this quote-unquote era of comics that has gone over 100 issues off the top of my head that I could think of is Fables. I think Fables is in, in the 120s now. Okay, and then maybe and well, Hellblazer, uh, which just got canceled, so they could reboot it um, and take it out of the Vertigo lineup. That that went way over a hundred. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I know, I know what you're saying that, but I'm talking to like in the in the uh, something that started like around in the in, in, in oh in the, the ni- in the 90s and 2000s. Okay, 2000s. Yeah, I see what you're saying. I got you. I got you. Yeah, and and but I mean, no, you're right. That. Who the, who the hell would have thought a Hellblazer book would last 300 issues and people are pissed off that you're canceling it? Yeah. Nothing lasts. Because they either want, you know, sales are getting low, so you know what we're going to do? Stop it. And we'll reboot it and with a new number one. And then, you know, then we could start all over again and get 25, 30 issues into that and we'll stop it, reboot it, give it a new number one again. It's all stupid marketing, man. Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. But there are plaques said, man. There's always alternatives. Um, there are always plenty of alternatives out there. You, like I said, you just got to look. Gotta, go, you go, go. You know what? The more uh, you know, the more titles DC cancels is the more books that I try at Image and Dark Horse. You know, and and uh, you know, and other independent publishers. It's like okay, so now my three ninety nine could go somewhere else. That's right. You know, I I have a budget for so much every month for comics, okay. And I do not exceed that budget. If like Hawkeye, I loved Hawkeye, but guess what? Hawkeye's being read in trade now because you double ship the issues. Hmm. So I'm going to read you in trade because I can't. You're you're taking away. You know, something else I might enjoy, but you know, by double shipping your book and DC, I'm not trying any more of your new books unless it's a great goddamn creative team that I'd be excited about because I start getting into your damn books and you cancel them. So, <laughs> you know, bye bye. It's gonna have to be really a good character or a creative team for me to buy it now. You know. In all honesty, I don't think a new 52 version of Constantine will be able to support its own book, even if it is written by Jeff Lemire. That's another thing, too. Everything's written by Jeff Johns, Jeff Lemire, or Scott Schneider. 
Yeah, and, and, and don't get me wrong, they're doing a great job. I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm not knocking them, but there's a lot of books out there that like Peter Tomasi's killing it on Batman and Robin and Green Lantern Corps. Ain't no one talking about those books, dude. No, but that's but that's what happens when you paint yourself into a corner. And like I said, there's nothing wrong with like a writer being on a book for ten years. Like you know, John no. John's is you know finally ending his run on Green Lantern. And, but also at the same time, it puts whoever is writing the book, who's ever taking his spot, it's going to put that person, you know, in, in, in not a rough spot, but just in a spot because it's like, okay, now I got to follow this dude that's been doing this book for 10 years and has such a fan base that no matter what I do, no matter what move I make, it's going to be overly criticized. Which leads me to like my, my last point. I don't know how this happened or when this happened, but especially like, you know, via the internet or whatnot, especially with social media. But it's like a writer or artist, not everything they do is great. No, but, of course not. But the problem is, is that and this is something that I've, the trend that I've been seeing is that folks will say, man, all these, like, you know, every single issue so-and-so has made is great. And then they make one book that's eh or, yep. or so-so. And they're like, oh, this dude done fell off. Well, you know what? I've said that before. Like, uh, I think it was on um, the, the Taylor Network uh, Facebook page. I forgot what issue of whatever book it was, but someone was bitching about how it sucked. And they sat in the other thing, and they're supposed to be this fabulous writer and yada, yada. And I turned around and said, look, I can, you know, the Burn Claremont X-Men is supposed to be the greatest run of the X-Men to ever exist, okay? I could show you four or five stinkers in that run. I mean, that just smell out loud. But does that take away from the entire run? No. No. The overall the overall work? No. It just means uh, sometimes there's filler issues. You know, sometimes uh, John Byrne wanted to go on vacation. <laughs> and so they had this filler issue that was sitting around. And they said, you know what? This is going to be number 125. I'm just throwing a number out there. I'm not saying number 125 sucked or anything. I'm right, just right, right. throwing that out there. Maybe Chris Claremont wanted to see uh, one of his kids graduate high school. And he took the fucking day off. <laughs> yes. You know what I mean? Like, I, you know, I'm just saying, like, it's just, there's like, every great run just has a shitty issue every now and then. And not everything you could do is gold. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of Jeff Johns books out there that really ain't all that great. Right. You know? But people consider him to be the, the be-all, end-all writer. Right. Same thing with Bendis. Yeah, it's just, it's just, I just find it weird that the way, the way things, the way people, see, you know, just see and view things over, it's like everything you do is the greatest thing ever. And then you have one, like, one so-so issue or a rough issue or a bad issue and it's like oh you done fell off I, that doesn't really make any sense to me it, w- there's no balance in that that makes no sense because not everything everybody does is perfect it's like with the Scott Snyder Batman run it's like, I've heard I've read so many people like now so this is just once again social media I'm talking about they'll say all oh, their issues are fantastic they're all great they're, you know, they'll forever be in the lexicon of comics and then one bad issue might come up oh this dude done fell off Right. No, that's right. not true. Now, and and you also have to ask ask yourself why did they say that? Did did uh, did it? Did Scott Snyder quote unquote fall off because he didn't end the book or the the run 
the way that this dude wanted him to. Right. Or, you know what I'm saying? Or, you know, because people are talking right now, the big thing is about Batman numbers uh, 17. And uh, I read, I skimmed through an article. I don't care about being spoiled. You know what I mean? I didn't even read the 16th yet of the Batman family book. So, uh, and apparently, you know, so, I'm not going to ruin it for anybody, but something happened and, uh, or, or something didn't happen that people were expecting to happen. And they were like, you know, there's DC's what the fuck moment right there. Like everybody was like, I thought this was going to happen and it didn't happen. And, you know, why are you mad? Because it didn't end the way you wanted it to end. And this guy, you know, wanted to tell us different kind of story and using a different, you know, using this metaphor that you took literally and he meant it figuratively is is that why you're upset or are you upset because the issue just plain out sucked right you know but i will say that scott schneider between his detective work and his batman work is going to go down as one of the greater batman writers out there mm. and i'm i'm telling you that is everything he wrote great no but you know it's a hell of a lot better than what other people have done that's that Let me just throw this out there. Okay. To DC Comics and your new 52. Your DC Universe Presents book was a missed fucking opportunity. And you should be ashamed of yourself for canceling that series and not just revamping it. And put on some good creators. And, and, and it was a chance for you to introduce... Uh, new characters and old new characters, if that makes sense, into your new fifty-two, and you squandered it, mm. and you and you didn't do you didn't do what you said you were going to do with it, and therefore, bad on you. I really liked that book, and they canceled it. That you know, people complained in the beginning. Oh my God, you're doing a five-issue dead man story, and then, and I, my thing was, so don't buy those five issues. Yeah, and they're like, "You're doing a two, a three issue Challengers of the Unknown story." Hell yeah, and it was good, drawn by the great Jerry Ordway. And then they did a three part Vandal Savage story that was fucking phenomenal. And it's just, and then they introduced Blue Devil and Black Lightning teamed up together. It was dope. Mm. So I don't, I don't know. Like they just missed the opportunity. That would have been a book I would have put on the forefront. You know, like, oh, you want to know what happened to this character in the new 52? Well, here's a three-issue story arc telling you what happened to uh, Bumblebee. I'd be like, what? Bumblebee from the Teen, teen Titans from the 70s? What's she up to? <laughs> She's a backup singer for Beyonce. And she... <laughs> How about that Super Bowl shit, man? That's some bullshit. Who was talking about the lights going out? No, Beyonce. No, it's not bullshit. That concert was fabulous. I Beyond, don't, no, no, stop it. Yes. Let me finish. <laughs> I'm not saying she didn't do a good job, Sean. <laughs> what I'm saying is, all right, every time that a musical group or somebody brought out a special guest, mm. it was somebody crazy. Yeah. Britney Spears did Super Bowl. She brought out fucking Aerosmith and NSYNC. It didn't make sense, but you were like, holy shit. What the fuck? Right? Beyonce brings out 
Two bitches she kicked to the curb six years ago so she could make more money. See, you ain't right, man. You ain't right. You are not right at all. Look, man, it was nice to see Destiny's Child on stage together for the first time in a minute. I'm just saying, you just just took back your pink slip for one day. (laughs) You got my girl girl Kelly rolling out there making movies like fucking Freddy versus Jason just trying to make ends meet. Listen, man, we ain't going to talk about them bad movies she's been in. But no, see, her music career is actually on the up and up now. Her her previous... Not because she's got a new album coming out, but the album before that actually sold. So she's actually doing okay now. I was concerned for a while. I was like, man, she might need a check. I think she is smoking. But um, that's between you and me and the internet. Oh no, that's fine. She's a beautiful woman. Don't. I mean, I know it ain't gonna get out there. No, no, no. Of course not. <laughs> but, <laughs> but um, but no, but no. Like, cause see, the thing is, like, I guess like the week up to the show, uh, Michelle Williams and Kelly like deny, deny, denies. Like, listen, there is no reunion. There's no like you know little reunion going down the Super Bowl. I don't know what you've been told. So it was nice when that happened to actually see that that actually that surprise and be surprised instead of being told. Oh look, what's going to happen? Because uh, that's the one thing about the internet I despise. So I try to stay away from like a lot of sites now. Is that they want to tell you everything that's going to happen for everything in the world. Yep. I'm like, no, nah, I like being surprised. So, so when uh, so when Kelly and Michelle like pop out of nowhere and like you know they do uh, do a couple of joints and then they bounce. I was like, I'm good. That made me happy. And now the lights turned out. All right, we're good. So uh, so yeah, well, the Niners needed those lights to turn out. Oh, they sure did, dude. They Fucking sure did. Niners. Bang. People are like, oh, it sucks you didn't win. And I said, well, it sucks because we didn't deserve it. <laughs> I mean, there were some bullshit calls, and there was a lot of things. There was a few penalties that they missed on Baltimore that were pretty big. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I mean, all in all, those motherfuckers, they realized they were in the Super Bowl halfway through the third quarter. They're like, we're what now? Oh, this shit. is New Orleans? Oh, shit, we got to play. So, and I mean, you know, and not for nothing, but for a quarterback's uh, 10th start game to be the Super Bowl, that's got to be some fucking nerve-wracking shit, dude. Oh, you yeah, know? man. We're going to be a contending team, so it's, it's it was just cool to be there, even though Kaepernick now has to live with the... Uh, with with the fact that this is the first time the Niners have ever been in the Super Bowl and lost. Mm-hmm. Yep, Joe Montana, Steve Young gonna come to his house like, yeah, you fucked up, son. <laughs> People are like, oh my god, the lights are out, and I said, that's that's Joe Montana, Steve Young, and uh, <laughs> and uh, uh, oh shit, uh, god damn, what, what, I can't remember his name now. Alzheimer's. Jerry Rice. Jerry Rice, the best receiver in the world. <laughs> They're all in the back with a fucking. They each had a fucking light switch. Mm-hmm. They're like, "Ready on one, two, three, click." <laughs> Joe Montana gonna come to Kaepernick's house with a pair of Skechers and be like, "Listen, son, put these on, go work out for a while, and uh, come back to me, and I and I help you out a bit." Someone on online did a good uh, mashup video, and <laughs> they mashed up when the lights went out in the Super Bowl with the Undertaker's entrance. <laughs> <laughs> And that was pretty cool, man. I gotta say, that was pretty cool. That's hilarious, dude. All right, one more question before we cut this off. Okay, cool. All right, what do you think? What do you think about J.J. Abrams and Star Wars? I'm cool with it. You know what? I wish him the best. I I really do. Um, You know, like... um, 
it was lightly mentioned uh it was lightly mentioned during an episode of like a few episodes ago we talked to just was talking about movie talking stuff um you know i hope it works out for him i hope you know i hope these star wars movies are fun and entertaining yeah i know like i know people are like well you know you're, he's being greedy he's getting both star wars and star trek but like i said before he's not being greedy he was offered a job yeah, exactly he was all he what was the f- yeah dumb for see that's what i'm saying people are tripping but you know star that wars bastard wanting to work <laughs> you know star wars was like the last like as far as like hollywood goes it was like the last major creator creator on property because lucas owned it and you know but yo he was tired he was like yo let, let me give this to somebody somebody who wants it disney paid an ass load of cash for for dis for uh for lucasfilm and star wars so you know so what they're going to do they're going to exploit the shit out of it because when you pay four billion dollars for something you're going to exploit the shit out of it and right. so abrams was like the hottest the hottest hand that that could say yes because well, i'm just telling you straight out this fool was not a star trek fan and made star trek yeah and that fool made me watch Star Trek and like it. And I never liked Star Trek. None of it. Mm. Maybe yeah. uh, The Wrath of Khan, but that was because of Ricardo Montalban. Mm-hmm. And the one with the whales. Yeah. I don't know why, but I like that one. Man, right now, Daryl is like angry at you. Yep. Yeah, I know he is. I don't care. He knows the truth. <laughs> he knows how I feel. All right. But Abrams made me excited to see a, a Star Trek too. And he said that he's a huge fan of Star Wars. So, you know what I'm saying? I mean, like, why, you know, I'd rather have a guy who respects the shit and and is going to do and going to do these movies than a guy who's just, you know, is doing it just for a paycheck. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. But now I mean, like I understand what you're saying about them fucking with the announcement that there's going to be a Boba Fett movie and a Han Solo movie. And uh, and a third one, that, a third uh, standalone movie that's either going to be Yoda or Darth Vader. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, that's you know. It, they, they, but fuck it, if they do it right, it might be good. Right. You know what I mean, I'm not going to damn it. Oh no, I'm no, just no. saying it's unusual. Yeah. yeah. But like you said, man, they're paying four billion dollars for this shit, so let's get our money's worth. Oh yeah, and they're gonna get their money's worth out of every venue possible, whether it be cartoons, uh, whether it be cartoons, whether it be movies, whether it be toys, T-shirts. TV uh, show, TV shows. They, do you know they're talking about uh, green light in that show again? Really? Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. They're gonna put it on ABC. Now, how cool would it be, dude? All right, on Thursday night, the Shield start uh, followed the Shield TV show, followed by Star Wars the TV show. Man, ABC can't even keep happy endings on air. So until, until they don't get work, me started, don't, don't get me started uh, until, until they get their TV shit worked out. I don't even care. <laughs> I'm just saying, yeah. that'd be that'd be dope, right? If if Happy Endings gets taken, oh no, it would be dope. But if Happy Endings gets taken off the air, but yet that Tim Allen sitcom still survives, we got problems. No, no, no. there's a worse evil than Tim Allen, and that's that dumbass Reba fucking show. <laughs> that's bullshit. And Sarah Rue's on that show, and I like Sarah. I love Rue. Sarah Rue. Yeah, and well, I can't, I'm telling I can't you watch right it. now. And Lily Tomlin, I feel I saw one episode of that dumbass show and felt bad for Lily Tomlin. Lily Tomlin is a, I'm like, is you a are legend. A, you are a comedic legend, mm-hmm. and you are up here with this rope dope bullshit. <laughs> that is fucking bullshit. Why didn't you just fucking... You should have just joined the circus, motherfucker. <laughs> Donnie, that's passion. You know what, man? 
that's some passion I just heard in your voice right now. That, that is- woman is a legend, and for her to take a job on that bullshit, I mean, I they must have just half that budget must be going in her motherfucking pocket is the only thing I could think of mm. that Lily Tomlin would take that gig. It's like I just got me a new house. <laughs> Reba then bought me a new house. Man. Yeah. You know, I'm just saying, no, that's some bullshit. No. Because I watched one episode of that show, and that should have never been greenlit. I know, dude. I know. You know what I mean? I mean, look, you know, I, you know her first sitcom was very successful. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I never watched it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to knock people who liked it. Right. And I, I, I've seen an episode or two, maybe. Okay. Maybe. Okay. I don't know. And I mean, it didn't seem like it was that great but there was a lot worse things out there but this was just ass <laughs> this was southern fried ass and and happy endings has moved has been moved to three different time slots and they wonder why it can't hold ratings and that thing's got a following yeah but they're going to put it on friday nights the kiss of death they're going to put it they're going to put it on after all right, when the two stupid sitcoms that we just mentioned mm-hmm. they have their season finales yeah they're bringing back some kind of celebrity fucking uh, diving show called Splash. Okay. And then they're bringing back a celebrity wop swipe. Swap, swipe swap wife swap. Wife swap. I can't <laughs> <laughs> That was Klingon, I think. And, uh, and then after that, they're going to put on happy endings. Who the fuck is watching those first two shows, Sean? Nobody. Exactly. But- that's sad, man. I told Daryl on this past uh, episode of Nothing's On, if I would have never canceled Man Up. Oh, All mean, right, maybe Daryl and I were the only two that watched that show, uh-huh. but I wouldn't have canceled it, and I wouldn't have canceled Trust the Don't Trust the Bee, and I would just I would make another uh, sitcom and put it on with happy endings and make another two hour block of comedy. Yeah, I, I guess what gets me is the fact that because I, I watched I've watched the neighbors uh, I've watched the neighbors I watched a few episodes uh, with my wife and everything neighbors is actually quite funny I do like it's it not, it's not bad it's not as bad as it it seems to be on paper yeah on paper it sounds like a bad idea on paper and I always had a crush on Jamie Gertz so mm-hmm. on paper you know. it sounds like a bad 80s sitcom but yeah. but but it actually it works it, yeah, it really they, does work. they did a good job with the casting which was really important the writing is kind of smart you know, but I look at it like this. Neighbors works really well. Um, the middle is the middle. I, I think no matter what you do to the middle, the middle will be around forever. Um, and like, you know, Modern Family is great. For me, like Suburgatory, if I look at Suburgatory, I look at Happy Endings. If I had to choose between one of the, one of the two, it's going to be Happy Endings nine times, you know, 9.999 times out of 10. Yeah. And I but, do like Suburgatory, but I understand where you're coming from. You know, because like, but like the Friday night comedy lineup that ABC has is awful. But, it's not even trying. No, it's not. It's not. It's like bad TGIF. You know. If you look at those sitcoms, that's pretty bad. Yo, man, listen, listen. Like, but back in the eighties and early nineties, TGIF was a shit. So you know, like everybody was. Even when like Full House was done, they were still doing TGIF, and like Family Matters was on its last legs, and and Suzanne Summers and Patrick Duffy was doing a sitcom together, step and- by step. <laughs> With the girl from with the girl from my two dads. Yeah, you know they was they was still they was still making ratings. Boy meets world. Yeah, yo man, shit is crazy. Don't even, don't even rock. With bo- don't even talk shit about boy. Oh, meets I won't. World. That was my shit, man. Did you see they're bringing that shit back? Yeah, girl meets world. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Can't wait. 
Oh uh, yes, yes. So yeah, man. It's you know Lily Tomlin sign up for that shit. <laughs> she should have. She should have. She could have got some of that Disney money. Um, no, you know, she got Disney money regardless because Reba's on ABC, so she got Disney money regardless. But uh, I'm yeah, telling yeah. you, man, I'm watching that Girl Meets World shit. I don't care. Go see Grow Grown Up Topanga. I knew you was gonna say that. I knew. I was just waiting. I was like, somebody gonna mention Topanga. Five, four, three, two, Donnie. <laughs> And grown-up Ben Savage. Uh, hilarious, man. Oh, I wonder if Ryder Strong is going to be on it. Man, or, the goof, or the goofy dude who played his brother. Is that Mr. I can't remember is his Mr. name. Is Mr. Feeney going to be in it? Oh. Living next door. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Mr. Feeney. That was my dude. That was my dude. That dude just followed them. That was creepy. Yeah, it was creepy. Like there'd be a police investigation if that show was on now. Like that dude followed them from from grammar school to high school, then to college. <laughs> yeah, man. That, you know, the FBI would be on that shit. Yeah. Like, Let me check your computer, son. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of uh, nasty pictures on your computer, sir. Um, <laughs> where the hell? Uh, time for you to go. Let's go. Uh, shit. This is me and Sean at the lake. <laughs> no. This is me and oh no, <laughs> no, no, no. That's no. horrible. Uh, shit. Why you got it? Why you got to end it with, with a joke like that, Sean? Hey, you don't want to end it with that joke, not me. <laughs> why end it with Mister Feeney pedophile joke? <laughs> you that ain't funny. You the one that did it. I'm that just ain't re- funny. I'm just recording it. You the one that did it. <laughs> <laughs> don't be putting this shit on me. That was all you. Well, it's a good thing this will be at the end of the episode. People ain't gonna listen anyway. So, oh, <laughs> see you wrong, man. You wrong. You wrong. How you gonna do me like that? How you gonna I do me know. like that? That's just wrong. Why not? Uh, <laughs> good point. And yeah, when other people, when other people are making you notice that shit. Yeah. No, uh, dude. When I start getting Facebook messages like, "Why Donnie on last all the time?" I'm like, "God damn it, Daryl. Why did you start that shit?" Wasn't just Daryl. It was other people too. It was other people too. I know. And I'm just like, "Yep, yep. Keep getting out on good old Sean. Yep. Go ahead. That's fine. <laughs> That's fine." Never mind, y'all get this well, shit. I'm going to tell everybody right now I'm Rosa Parks and the fuck out of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be in the front. Yes, you're going to be in the front of this episode. You're going to be on the front of this episode, Donnie. We yes. shall overcome. So you know what, man? I'm turning off the record right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'll stop at the record right now. You know what? Too far. <laughs> and that concludes this week's Black Box. The Black Box is a member of the HHWLOD Podcast Network and is available at HHWLOD.com where you can download previous episodes of this podcast as well as Donnie Salvo's Tales from the Attic and John Carroll's The Carroll Chronicles. This podcast is also available on iTunes. The Black Box is also a member of the Comics Podcast Network. If you're on iTunes or the Forum for Geeks board, feel free to leave us a comment. You can also reach the podcast at blackboxpodcast1 at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening. Until next episode, dream big, hustle hard, and never stop. Like, uh, oh, we didn't even talk about Die Hard 5. <laughs> the most mediocre of all the Die Hards. Uh, yeah, I stayed away from it. I haven't seen it yet. When it comes to your dollar theater, go see it. Okay, I will. It's an, it's an hour and 38 minutes. It's not, it's not a horrible movie, but it just throws you right into it. Okay. It's just like, this is the story. Here's a 20-minute car chase in the middle of downtown Russia. Mm. 
So you were just in it to win it, son. But but and it, that is it. But it's, do- it, it's, it's dollar theater material. Yeah, you know, or I I mean I'd even say matinee. But I mean I don't regret that I saw it. But I mean at a six, it's a solid three and a quarter maybe. You know, it's not an awful movie. I still want to see uh, Bullet to the Head though. A couple friends of mine told me about it. They were like, the script is bad. Of course it is, dude. You find me a Stallone action movie where the script was good. And I mean an action movie. I'm not talking about them Rocky movies. I'm not talking about uh, uh, whatever else he did. I'm talking about the shit he did in between Rocky and Rambo. Mm. All those movies are fucking bad, but we love them. Yeah, we do. We do. We do. I, I want to see Schwarzenegger's movie too. Oh, um, the last stand I enjoyed. My wife won't see. I don't think she's gonna see any Schwarzenegger movies because she's like, he just slept with his maid. He had kids with his maid, and that's just, just terrible. <laughs> so I don't think Schwarzenegger do. And then plus, every interview you see him, he's just so arrogant. You know. Yeah, I know. That that kind of kills it for my wife too. So I have to go see that. But I can't believe my wife said this to me in the movie theater at the preview time. G.I. Joe Retaliation came on and she turned around and looked at me and she goes, we got to watch the first one together because I I, I think that looks good. (laughs) I was like, oh, my God. (laughs) I thought. I was like, if, and let me tell you the story about Die Hard 5. Oh, I said to her, I said, honey, we didn't get the chance to see each other for Valentine's Day. So, you know, why don't we go out? We'll grab something because we're kind of tight on money right now. So I was like, let's grab some, you know, Chinese food or something and we'll go to the movies. I'll let you pick the movie. And that's, that's what we'll do for Valentine's Day. Any movie you want. And then I realized after I said that, I was like, fuck, Chan of Tatum got a movie out. We're going to go see that shit. I don't want to see no fucking side effect fucking movie. And then she goes, I kind of wanted to see Die Hard 5. And I was like, I knew there was a reason I married you. (laughs) But then for her to turn around and be like, G.I. Joe looks good. I was like, I won't get you pregnant. (laughs) (laughs) Why are you mad at Rock, man? Because he took fucking... Look, I know it's the time of year where the McMahons make their money with WrestleMania and they got to do something great and The Rock makes a lot of money for them and yada yada, and I appreciate that, but as a fan, fuck that. You don't show up and show up after a year of not even doing nothing. Before that, you didn't even show up for like eight years and they give you the world title. Because their ratings are not what they used to be. CM Punk, I know it's business. It, I'm telling you as a wrestling fan. No, I know. But see, you wouldn't have this problem if you had legitimate competition. If you had legitimate competition, you wouldn't have this problem. And that's and that's the problem. Because you don't have legitimate competition, you can't you can't sustain ratings. Right. You, you can't. And you're the only game in town. You're the and only you're actually you're putting out so many shows that now that you're actually working against yourself. You're working against yourself and you're saturating your own brand. Your own market. Yeah. You know. And it, you know, TNA is such a not non-threat to McMahon that I mean he hasn't even thought about making an offer dude TNA is such a non-threat when like uh, cats from WWE when they're like yo we're gonna let you go for a while 
and they're like if you want to go sign with tna next week you can and like they'll just let them go and it's not it's not even a problem but the thing with the yes. funny the, the funny thing about it is it's like if the wwe calls them back like yo come on back they'll just quit their tna contract and go right back to oh to yeah WWE. dixie carter will let them yeah she did that with Kevin Nash. Kevin Nash had like a year on his contract left. And he's like, you know, instead of really working here and doing nothing, I want to go to WWE and work on their Legends contract, which will pay me like three times as more as you are. And she's like, okay, go ahead. Good luck, Kev. <laughs> you go ahead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, what are they supposed to do? There's no competition right now. It's like, you know, ROH has its own audience. And you know, and, you know, it has its own audience. But it, I think I think ROH, if they get a, a if they could get a decent cable deal, they out of any wrestling federation that's out there now, uh, them and there's a, a federation out of Pennsylvania called Chikara Wrestling. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, if those two things could get a, a, a decent like a cable channel that people actually watch, would pick them up. They would. I think they would be dangerous for WWE. And by dangerous, I mean like dangerous in the same way that like ECW was dangerous for WWE back in the day, where it's just something so totally different and so something to- totally independent that the D that WWE had to embrace it. <clears throat> you know, where Ted Turner wanted to buy all their talent. You know, McMahon saw what they were doing and was like, well, "Why don't we just help them out?" Yeah. And, and like even the interviews now, Jerry the King Waller still doesn't understand why Vince had that attitude. And Vince just said, he goes, you know what? It was different. And I know what it was like to start trying to make your own brand and do something different. Mm-hmm. And I had to do it from nothing. And, you know, everybody knew Paulie dangerously from, you know, guy's been in the wrestling business since 82. I'm, I'm just gonna put this episode. Episode is gonna be called "Donnie in the Front." <laughs> Donnie in the front, party in the back. <laughs> oh, that sounds bad. That sounds real bad. <laughs> and now I'm going to hit stop. That's <laughs> <laughs> that's Donnie's chain of gay bars coming soon. Donnie, Donnie in the, the front, front, party in the back. back. See, that's just wrong. <laughs> hey now.